thank you for joining us for this next year turnaround restructuring and insolvency podcast series. We'll be exploring global issues that affect the world economy. I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'll be joined by a selection of experts from around the world in firms that are all part of the Nexia International Network, and all of whom are leaders in turnaround, restructuring and insolvency. Nexia International is a leading global network of independent accounting and consulting firms. All of the experts appearing on this show can be contacted via the Nexia International website. Thank you. It's the fact that there aren't as many women in turnaround, restructuring and insolvency as we might like. One organisation is dedicated to changing this situation, as well as supporting women who are already in the industry. The International Women's Insolvency and Restructuring Confederation, also known as iWork, is committed to the connection, promotion and success of women in the industry worldwide. On today's podcast, I'm joined by the chair of iWork, Marjorie Kaufman. Marjorie is Managing Director of Getzler Henrik and is based in their Boston office. She has provided turnaround and interim management services for companies around the US for over 25 years and frequently serves in Chief Restructuring Officer and Chief Financial Officer positions. So hello, Margie, how are you? I'm good, Becca. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Just had my lunch, so I'm feeling much more comfortable now. <laughs> so you've done had an amazing career and, and so involved with all these women's issues, which I think is fantastic, particularly because I've got two daughters of my own. You know, those sorts of issues are very close to my own heart. But tell me how you got involved with iWork in the first place. So I actually got involved in my local network in Boston, the Northeast Network, and got invited to an event and started seeing a bunch of women that I knew in the Boston area in the restructuring world. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, there are men that come to some of the events, but it's primarily women. And it's just, it's really nice to see the support that everyone gives each other. No, oh, it's lovely. It's, it's so nice when you see that in the workplace, people being very positive, isn't it? So what, what does the organization do um, as a whole for, for its members? iWork is an international professional association that's dedicated to enhancing the professional status of women in all areas of insolvency and restructuring. So we have attorneys, we have financial advisors, we have claims agents, We have people that specialize in crisis communication, but we pursue the goal. uh, Our our goal is pretty simple. It's to create international networking that promotes communication, common interest, and community among the insolvency practitioners. And it sounds like they can learn a lot from each other as well, from what you're saying, because you've got all these specialists around the table. Absolutely. And we all work together um, in various cases. And what's really nice is the ability to refer work to other women. Yes. <laughs> and that's what we all like. It's the referral of work. Absolutely. But I mean, some people might challenge you and say, is it really relevant? Um, I used to chair a, a ladies, a women's organization as well. And they, people would say to me, is it really relevant in today's age to have a women's organization? Um, and also professionally, you've got Insol, you've got the Turnaround Management Association. Do you really feel that it's important to have a women's organization working in this sector? Absolutely. I, I know that TMA has a subgroup for women. Um, I don't know if Insol does, but I think that 
as we grow around the world, it's really important to be connected to other women and again, to support each other. I'm in private practice now um, where I'm uh, the chief financial officer of a company, um, but I spent over 33 years in the restructuring world as a financial advisor. I have a background in accounting. And when I needed, whether it was an attorney, whether it was a claims agent, whatever, or communications person, whatever it was, I went to my iWork directory or the iWork uh, website to find the directory um, to see if I knew someone in that area, you know, especially if it was out of state, out of the country. I actually had a friend who was the CFO of of a different company a number of years ago who needed help in Europe. And I went right onto the network. I was able to find someone who could help him in the country that he needed. And it just makes you feel good. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. And does it also help that some of the women that are there with their confidence within the profession? I mean, I've I've worked in you know the financial sector all my life, and so many times I've gone into a room and been the only woman in the room. <laughs> I mean, it's getting better now. It's a lot better than it was when I first started out. But do you feel it helps women to feel that they have a really important place in the profession? Absolutely. iWork does two conferences. We're just starting a third one now to tack on to two conferences in the U.S. And also we're we're doing our first tack on to Insol um, in September, which will be held in Tokyo. Nice. And (laughs) are you going to that one? (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm not going, but there are three or four people from the U.S. that are going. So that's really nice. But what we do at these conferences, I mean, we we still have at our conference about a hundred between 150 and 170 attendees at these two or these major conferences. And we, we actually just had one two weeks ago in Washington, D.C., where we had 155 attendees is right before the American Bankruptcy Institute spring conference. And what it does is it gives people, especially women who may be new to the profession or a first-time attendee to either the ABI conference or to the iWork conference, it gives them the ability to meet people, to network with women first. And then when they, you know, when they go to the ABI conference um, or they go to another large conference, they'll be able to see a familiar face. And like you said, you're not walking into a sea, you know, into a room where you don't know anyone. Yeah. And I mean, when I remember going to um, a director's dinner when I was sort of in my 20s and starting out in the city in London and being literally the only woman in colour in a sea of black dinner suits. And it's it's actually (laughs) incredibly intimidating when you're young as well, because physically, you know, I was smaller and I really had to hold my head high. I remember that as I walked in. It, It can be quite difficult when you're young I think so did you have any experience any difficulties like that coming up through the profession as a woman so I started in the restructuring world in 1987 I would tell you that probably 95 percent of the work that I did at least for the probably first I don't know maybe 10 years I was the only woman you know dealing with bankers dealing with attorneys dealing um, with clients, even even at the client level, there were very few women in C-suites. 
it was always men. It was, um, there was always a room full of men in, in their suits. And also, you know, I, I think things have, I don't want to say loosened up a little bit, but even like back then, you know, everyone wore a suit, right? Which they don't anymore. Yes. Unless you have to go to court. It, it's a little intimidating, right? And, you know, you're you're dressed up whether in a dress or a suit or a pantsuit, but not so much the pantsuits back then. No, they weren't as fashionable, were they? I remember. No, they weren't. You know, so you had either a skirt and a blazer or at first when I, I joined the, the profession, I I found it very intimidating. However, some of the people that I worked with and my boss at the time who, you know, who was a mentor to me, even as I was meeting like presidents of banks, and obviously they were men, they were no women that were presidents of banks at that time. They put their pants on the same way, one leg at a time, right? Um, and <laughs> at, at, yes, first, absolutely. at first I was, I was like, oh my goodness, who, who are these people? And, you know, I'm just this little woman, right? But it gives you the confidence when, when you see other people having the confidence as well. Yes. And it did give me a lot of confidence because I had to stand up to them. I knew what I was doing, right? And I knew what I was doing was right. And I just had to show them because also when I started, I was 24 years old. So, you know, they're like, oh, what does she know, right? Oh, you've got a whole load of battles there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, and and I, I do remember one specific incident it was like an old boys club. It, it was a family owned business, I don't know, three gentlemen in the C-suite and you were whatever your father was. So if your father was a CEO, then you were the CEO. And if your father was a CFO, then you were the CFO. Oh, yeah. Didn't mean that you were qualified. I remember going to a meeting and I was asked to leave because they didn't allow women in the boardroom. Awesome. And I went and sat in the car and waited for my colleague. And it was probably the most the worst professional experience. Humiliating. It, it, it was humiliating. But you know what? I feel like it made me stronger. Yeah. I, I actually used the experience to strengthen myself and, and my confidence. And I, I remember another, another incident where the financial person that was CFO or controller of the company that I was working with was just being nasty to me. And, you know, he was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years older and he was just not nice at all. And finally, I, I was like, I, I just can't deal with him anymore. And so I sat down and I said, look, I am not here to take your job. I don't want it. I'm here to work with you and help you. Oh, well said. Like <laughs> that incident, I, I feel like that really gave me a lot of confidence because when I addressed his... And, and it was his lack of confidence, right? When I addressed that, and I, I wasn't nasty about it. I did it in a very pleasant way. When I did it, he backed down right away. Yes. And it gave me more confidence. Yeah. Well, you took control of the situation and actually you took control of him in a way, didn't you? Because exactly. Even though he probably didn't feel that way, you suddenly made yourself actively the boss because you dictated the situation and how it was going to pan out. Exactly. That's great. Did you get angry? Did you find you were angry? And did that anger help you in the way that you've been treated? Absolutely. I never showed it though. 
was angry when I was alone. Yes. <laughs> we weren't allowed to be, were we? <laughs> right. Exactly. No, no emotions, right? I tried to be no emotions because that's the way the men were. The, the other thing that, that I think as well is that being a woman in that situation is very, you know, people look to you to be nurturing. Yes. It is sexist, but that they do. They don't look for a man to be nurturing. And they expect you to act in a certain way. It, it's okay to be that way, but you also have to be authoritative and make sure that they know that you know what you know what you're doing. Yes, I, I remember the best piece of advice somebody told me was because women often say, "Oh, I'm not very good at that." When they don't, they are actually quite good at it. We're good at something, and if you tell a man that, they will believe you. Literally, that you're not good at it. Exactly. In a way that a woman will go, oh, don't be silly. You're great. Men won't do that. They'll take you at your word that that's what you mean. So you have to be really, as you say, authoritative and say when you are good at something, tell them. Um, And they'll believe that as well. Uh, Absolutely. And we talk about that we need to um, stick up for yourself and also put yourself forward. Yeah. Right. Don't just put other people forward. So do you think that those sorts of difficulties have changed for younger women coming up through the profession? Do you think the situation is different now? I think they may have lessened a little bit. They are still there. There's no question about it because kind of similar to what we were just saying, a a woman will say, well, I I might be able to do A and B, but I don't know if I can do C and D. I have no experience where a man was like, would say, oh, I can do A and B. So then I can do C and D. Yes. And we try and talk about that a lot, I should say a lot, but we talk about that, that you need to, again, put yourself out there and put yourself forward. Yes. Brag about yourself. And it's having the confidence to do that. So does I work do any training or anything like that, that sort of would help young women in approaching profession? And We don't do training per se, but we do, um, we always have... I don't want to call it an ego boosting, but some kind of professional um, development um, at our conferences, whether it's networking, whether it's, we just did one, um, just did headshots um, at, at our last one, but it's really about professional development and getting to that next level. We've done in the past how to negotiate. Oh, excellent. The, those kinds of skills, how, how to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And actually doing that in an all women's group is is quite different to doing it with your male bosses at work. Exactly. Male colleagues. Exactly. Yeah. There's no judgment. So you can experiment a lot more. So do you think if you're giving people that sort of, those sorts of skills and you're sending very positive messages out into the workplace through your members, do you think that's going to play an active part in encouraging more young women to think seriously about entering um, this area, this profession? Um, and I mean, because at the moment, everybody's struggling to find really good talents. The more the more talent we can get into the pool, the better, really, isn't it? I completely agree with you. I, I think, honestly, that COVID has done a number on women getting into the restructuring profession. On the legal side, I mean, law firms weren't hiring. So, and there was not a lot of bankruptcy work, probably for the last five years. I think it's, it's starting to pick now up now, but... I don't believe that any of the firms were hiring for bankruptcy work. So when you don't hire, 
you know, that people tend to go into something else. Yes. On the financial advisor side, it's people who are looking for a challenge. If they're, if firms aren't hiring, you know, it's hard to have more people in the profession. And I think really probably for the last four or five years, there's not been a lot of firms, even on the FA side that have really been hiring. Um, you have some people that are moving around, right, from firm to firm, but not so much on the entry level. And it's also really hard because it's not something that you can, it's not a job you could take out of college. Yes. Right. You have to have some experience, whether it's financial modeling, whether it's doing something. I kind of fell into this by accident. I left public accounting and was looking for a, a job. I actually went to be um, an accounting manager and I hated it. And I was like, wow, problem solving. That is something I love to do. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it, isn't it? Because it it really is that. Um, And that's attractive, I think, to to people to come into the profession, definitely. So, I mean, obviously your organisation wants more members and wants to be able to help more women. And next year obviously has, um, and the TRI group have people all around the world um, in different firms. And I'm sure there's other people listening who are in different firms in different places. What should those partners that are listening or firms that are listening encourage the women in their departments and their insolvency departments and TRI departments to join your organisation? We've just added our 53rd network in South Africa, Southern Africa. So it's not just South Africa. There's a bunch of countries that are included in that as well. Again, it's connecting women worldwide. And in today's world where business happens all over the globe, it's not like it's just happening in one location, you need those that network. Absolutely. And it's a great network to have, um, whether it's someone, you need someone in Asia, in Europe, in the US, in Canada. Um, we have networks in South and Central America, um, the Cayman Islands. I mean, we're all over the place. So it's really, you know, there. it's with business being so global, I I think it's really important for your network to be global as well. Absolutely. I completely agree. As you say, you're international and you're growing. So how do you see the future of your organization? Well, I think we're going to continue to grow. Um, We're at almost 2,200 members. And we're actually celebrating our 30th anniversary this year. Excellent. And, you know, we started out with uh, the three founders. 30 years ago. And now we're, as I said, almost 2,200 members and 53 networks around the globe. And one one near me actually as well. Yes. yes. And I believe that, you know, I know that there are at least three more in the works um, and we could be pretty close to 60, if not there by the end of 2023. That's fantastic growth and very good achievement. So congratulations to all your team Thank you. for achieving it. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you, Margie. I really appreciate your time and I'm sure everyone listening has as well. So have a great afternoon and talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by the Nexia Turnaround Restructuring and Insolvency Business Group. The group was formed to bring together financial, legal and operational expertise from across the Nexia network 
to support global clients and international business at times of operational challenges and financial distress. If you want to get in touch with any of our speakers, then please click the link accompanying this podcast or visit the Nexia website. All views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and do not constitute professional advice. You're advised to seek professional advice if you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation.